Amen. And looking forward to slipping in to a few more classes tomorrow and letting these good men uh, feed my soul. How many love the Lord tonight with all of your heart? All of your heart. Praise the Lord. I am again honored again to be in this pulpit to preach the word of the Lord. And again, I do not say this rhetorically. I don't say it just to be repetitive, but uh, there are so many great men of God that are in this auditorium tonight that are so well qualified to preach the word of the Lord. And we feel so honored to be able to be asked to do it. And I just pray that the good Lord of glory will help us tonight. If the Lord don't help us, we're all in trouble. But if he'll help us, we'll all have great joy and in the Lord. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me tonight. And I, obviously, I'm sure you do have your Bibles. I want you to go with me to the book of Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> Praise God. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, skip down to verse 7 and read 7, 8, and 9, and then down to verse 12. Praise the Lord. Boy, we're right in the middle of the week, aren't we? Where is the week going? Kind of like the little froggy who said, time is fun when you're having flies. Revelation chapter number 12. And I saw upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. I'm in verse 13. Let's go to chapter 12. I'm sorry. You're probably wondering what Bible I was reading out of. <laughs> Praise God. Chapter 12, verse number 1, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the women, woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. You, we have just read about the Trinity. The dragon, the old serpent, and the devil. If they can make a Trinity out of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, then we can make a Trinity out of the devil out of this verse. 
but there ain't but one devil and there ain't but one God. Amen. I'm going down to verse number 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knoweth that he hath but a short time. And if the Lord would help me just a little while tonight, I desperately need his help. And the prayers of all of these good men of God praying with me, the Lord help me to deliver the word of the Lord tonight. I want to preach to you on this little simple subject. Hell's concern for the church. Hell's concern for the church. The devil is concerned about what's going on here tonight. The devil is concerned about what went on here last night. He didn't like it one bit. But I don't care what the devil don't like. I said, I don't care what the devil doesn't like. If I can find something that the devil hates, I'm just going to do it just to do it. Because I hate the devil. Praise God. Would you lift your hands right now? Let's ask the Lord to anoint the reading of his good word to our hearts tonight. God, we need your help. Without your help, we cannot do anything but fail. But with your anointing, great things can be accomplished. It is your anointing that breaks the yoke, the chains, and the fetters. Pray, God, that you'd walk among these young people tonight. Pray, God, that you'd do your wonderful work and let your word be anointed once again. Let it meet its mark. Lord, let it do its work. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for what you've already accomplished this week. And we know assuredly that you're going to do a great work tonight. Help us, Lord, to all of us walk in the Holy Ghost and to rejoice in the Holy Ghost and to receive your good word, Lord, as you would speak it to us tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap tonight. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to also in your Bible for another textual scripture tonight, verse chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. And if there is any one scripture that I quote and read a lot in my preaching is this, because I think sometimes there are a lot of people that don't understand what we are involved in. It is more than just coming to church and singing a few courses, more than just clapping our hands more than just hearing a good sermon and going home and eating pizza and then going to bed. We are in the middle of a great struggle, a kingdom struggle. And the church is going to win. If you want to be on the winning side, stay in the church. Praise God. Chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in the middle of a great warfare. And what you and I are feeling today is not just a personality conflict. It's not just a struggle between what you think and what your parents or pastor may think. We are in a battle that we are winning against the forces of hell and the devil does not like it. 
The devil would like to step in this room tonight and waste every bit of the rest of this youth camp that we're going to have. But we're already making up our mind that we've come through two nights with glorious victory. And tonight's going to be a greater victory than the one before. Because we haven't come in here to play games. We have not come in here to have fun. We've come in here to win a victory for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. My mind's made up. My mind is made up tonight. If, you're not, if your mind is not made up, I hope you make your mind up tonight to realize what the devil is trying to do and what God is doing in the earth. I'm going to line myself up with the King of Kings. I'm going to say, Jesus, what is it that you would have me to do and help me to do it to walk on the neck of the devil in these last hours? Praise God. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 16 the Lord spake this unto the apostle Peter and he said and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it may I say it to our pastors here tonight may I say it to our young people that are here tonight may I say it to our Sunday school teachers that are here tonight may I say it to every Christian school worker that's here tonight this is God's church and it is not going down it is not going to fail. It's not going to quit. It's going to keep on growing, keep on having revival. God's still going to add to the church until the last day is here. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The devil's going to fight the church, but the church is going to win. The devil's going to fight the saints, but the saints are going to win. The devil's going to try to fight the young people, but the young people that are in the church are going to win. Because I'm a part of God's church. And because it's his church, it's going to win. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he said unto them, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We are seeing today that we are in the middle of a struggle. It is not just a personality conflict. It's not just who's in the White House. It's not just who's in the State House. It's the devil against the work of God. I am telling you tonight that you will never legislate morality. We cannot wait until Washington turns around or the moral majority makes the decisions to make things easy. The church has never flourished when it was easy. Every time that persecution came knocking on the door, God added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'm not afraid of a struggle. I am not afraid of a fight. I am not afraid of what hell would belch out against the church because I know that we are tailor-made for victory and that God is going to do His work. It gets me excited because I want him to use my hands and I want him to use my feet. I want him to use my lips. I want him to use this tabernacle of flesh that he would get the glory in these last hours. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to try to hurry tonight because I have a lot of material that I could cover tonight. I'm only going to try to cover the basics Amen. If you're smelling smoke tonight, the devil's trying to put out the fire. But we're going to fan the embers tonight, and we're going to get it so hot. 
there's one thing that the devil hates and that's fire. He knows he's going to burn in hell fire, but another kind of fire he hates is Holy Ghost fire. So let's get it red hot around here tonight. We don't have time for no wet blankets. Don't try to hose this thing down, honey. Let's have a Holy Ghost outpouring. Let's have a Holy Ghost revival from the first pew to the back door. Hallelujah! If it's been a long time since you've got loose, then get loose tonight. If it's been a long time since you talked in tongues, then talk in tongues tonight. If it's been a long time since you got a blessing, then get a blessing tonight. Hallelujah! Come on, let's throw another log on the fire. Let's heat it up higher. Let's have a move of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. Some folks go around all the time sad, talking about how bad things are. Don't come to me telling me how bad things are. I am not looking for a chance to turn around. I am not looking for a U-turn in the road of life. My mind is set on heaven. All I can see is victory. Don't get me sidetracked and look at those who fall to the side as casualties. My gate is set. My vision is fixed. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. There's nothing that's going to stop me. I'm going to hear him say, well done. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The fight that the devil has had against God has been ever since he was kicked out of heaven. I like the way that Brother Gary Howard describes the uh, the falling of the Lord or the falling of the devil from the presence of the Lord. Jesus said that I by the finger of God do cast out devils. And he began to illustrate that at our church several months ago. And he said it's just like the Lord takes his little finger and just thumps him. Just thumps him. I'm telling you, we've got a hold of a great power. And the devil hates it. And he wants to put it in your mind that you're some little pipsqueak and that you, if you just barely make it, then that's all you can stand for. You're not going to just barely make it. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to be saved by the skin of my teeth. I'm going to shout through the streets of glory. I'm going to make it with a shout in my feet and a victory in my heart. There ain't enough devils to make me sad about this. Praise God. Hallelujah. The fight of the devil against God began when he was kicked out of heaven. And here we see in the book of Revelation, chapter number 12, there is, a, there is a picture of what's going on. And see it here if you will. I have not come to digress on prophecy matters tonight. I mentioned the other night I'm going into Revelation, but not too far. I'm not going to get into prophecies and prophetic things tonight. But I want you to see what's in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. The Bible said there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars he is showing the nation of Israel and she being with child cried travailing in birth pain to be delivered here is the Messiah about to be born and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head and his tail drew the third part of the stars of the heaven that's the, th the third of the angels that fell and did cast them to the earth and the dragon 
which stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was to be born what I see here is a picture of the devil knowing that the Messiah is going to be born and he said I'm going to destroy that baby but I've got news for you, devil. You can stand around waiting, but when the baby's born, you can't lay your finger on it. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God where they should be feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. You know why there was war in heaven? Because Jesus Christ stepped on the shores of this old rotten earth and he spilled his precious blood and he rolled his blood over every sinful iniquity that had ever been committed. Hallelujah. And he broke the neck of the devil and he stole the keys and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from the devil and the devil didn't like it. Let me tell you that every time, pastor, that you call revival, the devil likes to get right down there and he wants to destroy it as soon as he's born. But let me tell you, the devil can't stop revival. The devil can't stop a move of the Holy Ghost. If you want it, to have it anyhow. And when the devil tries to destroy it, God will protect it. Hallelujah. Be seated, verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought well against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Everybody say, prevailed not. The devil has no power over all the other angels. And the great red dragon was cast out. That old devil, the serpent, and uh, was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Now verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation. Ah, strengthen the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. For they that accused him before our God day and night. You go back in time to the book of Job. You'll find out that when the sons of God presented themselves about, about the throne of God. Here comes the devil. And he has a chair. And he comes to accuse. And he said, hey, Job wouldn't serve you if you didn't put a fence around him. Job wouldn't serve you if you didn't put a hedge around him. God did not deny the charge. But what I'm trying to point to you, the devil had a way to get in and make his accusation. But ever since Calvary, hallelujah, the chair of the devil was kicked out of heaven. He has no right to accuse you anymore. It does not matter how bad you were before you came to the altar. It does not matter how bad you sinned and blew it before you walked in the house of God. When you walked in here and you got baptized in Jesus' name and you got the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gave the utterance the devil cannot put a finger on you every sin is under the blood under the blood hallelujah now follow on with me here I am running through this very fast because I have so much that I want to lay with you tonight and put in your mind and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb when the devil tells you about your past Remind him of his future. I'm going to tell you how big of a two-timing loser the devil is. He couldn't even live for God when there wasn't a devil. Hallelujah. 
You know what it makes me want to do? Stick my tongue out right in the devil's face and talk in tongues until he runs away mad. Hallelujah. I used to be a drug addict, but I'm not anymore. I used to be an alcoholic, but I'm not anymore. I used to be immoral, but I'm not anymore. I used to be bound in false doctrine, but I'm not anymore. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Thank you, Jesus. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Don't you be ashamed to stand up and tell your schoolmates, tell those in your neighborhood, tell those that are unregenerate in your family, to tell them I'm a one God, Jesus' name, apostolic, holy rolling, devil chasing, victory loving, apostolic, pastor loving, child of God. Lift your voice up. I don't have nothing to hang my head about. I got drunk on the Holy Ghost last night and I knew where I was at. I didn't even have a hangover this morning. I still had joy. I still had peace. I still had love. Woo! Hallelujah. Tell them, tell this lost world. They're going around groping, looking for peace. Amen. So many times we look at the drug addict and we point our finger of accusation at them. And rightfully we ought to preach against the sin. But some of them are getting drunk every Friday night because they have no peace. A lot of them are getting spaced on the weekend because they have no joy. We've got it. We've got it. We've got it. We've got the message. We've got the power. We've got their hope. The peace they're looking for is at an apostolic altar. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Oh, let's praise the Lord together. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. I wonder why it is the devil knows and we don't know. I wonder why it is that that the devil understands the times and we don't. Maybe that's the reason why some of you have come in tonight playing church. Maybe that's why some of you come to youth camp and you really didn't have your mind on it. The devil knows he only has a few days and you don't even know that. I've come to wake you up tonight and tell you if you're going to get with it, get with it now. If you're going to get in the church, get in now. Don't wait till next month. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till you get out of school and out of college. Get in the church now. Now. Now's accepted time. Today's the day of salvation. Get in the church now. Live for God now. Get your dedication now. Learn how to shout now. Learn how to pray now. Learn how to witness now. 
we have a short time. Praise God. Now, oh Jesus, now I want to preach a while. Been preaching now, you guys about to preach me to death. I'm feeling at home. I appreciate all of that. But I want to preach tonight out of my heart. Out of chapter 15 of the book of Genesis, I want you to see something that's going on. Let me, and I'm cutting out a whole bunch here, but all throughout time, from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, every time that God began something, the devil always tried to stop it. Huh? devil always tried to stop it. Moses was born, and Pharaoh said, kill all the male children. Did he kill Moses? No. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We could talk about others. We could talk about Joseph, how the brethren decided to sell him. He had the dreams. It looked like they could put him in a dungeon and stop the whole process. But did they stop Joseph? No. Because God was in charge. Everybody say hallelujah. When Jesus was born, was Herod able to kill Jesus when he was two years and younger? No. Because God had his plan set. The devil cannot stop the force of the church. It's already predetermined. His church will prevail. Praise God. In chapter 15 of the book of Genesis, and I'm hurrying here tonight, if you'll follow with me in the, in the scripture, God has given Abraham a promise. And the Bible said that he looked at him in verse number 5, and he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the earth of Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And in verse number 8, and he said, Abraham, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? God, you made a lot of promises to me, but I just need a confirmation here. God, you made a lot of promises to me about uh, my seed inhabiting the earth and all of that, but I don't even have a child. The one that's going to be the heir is one that was born to a servant. God, I don't have anything really to stand on. I just need a confirmation. Maybe I'm talking to some young people here tonight that you know that God's hand is upon you and you've been challenged by missionary stories. You've been challenged by the messages of your pastor and yet here tonight you wonder how can these things be. I have come to tell you don't doubt the voice of God. Do what God's put in your heart. Don't be afraid. Neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God shall order thy steps and take you where you're supposed to go. Verse number 8, he said, Take unto me a heifer of three years, a she-goat of three years, three, a ram of three years, number four, a turtle dove, number five, a young pigeon. And he took unto them these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece up against another, but the birds he divided not. And he laid them, he built him an altar, laid these five items on the altar. And the Bible said that when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. The devil knew that if Abraham ever got his confirmation, there'd be no stopping. That if he ever got the bearings to it, that old Abraham would just keep going and just keep going, going, going like the 
ever ready, or the Energizer battery. Just going, 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 going. Like some folks think us apostolic preachers do sometimes. Hallelujah. Just going and going and going and going. But when I have looked at this, I have found out that when I study the files, it is apparent to me that it is the old buzzards that come down and they see the old dead things that have been laid upon the altar. An old devilish bird, as if you will. And if you will, tonight, let me, let me tell you that these files come down. I'm going to preach it my way tonight. And let, you, and let you understand that I feel like these were buzzards that were coming down. Old dirty files coming down to pick apart the altar. And Abraham was smart enough to know that it wasn't good enough to just lay something on the altar. That he had to protect it. Come on, stay with me now. It wasn't enough to make the sacrifice. The devil was out to destroy and to defile what he had put on the altar. I have five things here that we read out of the Scripture tonight, and I'm going to typify five of them tonight that we're going to have to protect in this last hour if we're going to have the end-time revival that God has promised us. I'm not talking about ladder splatter. I'm not talking about some wildfire somewhere else. I'm talking about a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost that God wants to visit us with in this last hour. Well, I'm going to preach it anyhow. Praise God. I believe that God has some great things in store for us in this hour if we will keep our altars protected. Hallelujah. You may be seated. There are so many things that come to try to destroy the church of the living God. But there's some things that I want to bring to your attention tonight. Number one is doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. I don't believe that you can have revival without apostolic doctrine. Some people today go around, and you may have met some of your friends at school or on the job. They say, oh, it doesn't matter about how you're baptized. It doesn't matter how you live. Why, it doesn't matter what you believe. We're all going to the same place. Honey, I'm not going to the same place they're going to. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. I believe there's only one God. There's not two gods. There's not a trinity. The Trinitarians are not my brothers. The prophet Isaiah picked it up in Isaiah 43.10. You are my servant, saith the Lord. Amen. My servants whom I have chosen that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. On and on throughout the scripture we read that the Lord is one. The Bible said in James 2.19, Thou believest in one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I'm a one God preacher from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Woo! He's not Jehovah Junior. He's Jehovah Almighty. He's Jesus Christ, the New Testament. Jehovah of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is the Lily of the Valley. He is my bright and morning star. He's my soon coming King. His name is Jesus. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. That gets me on another little subject. Humboldt said, well, you know, his name is Yahweh or, no, 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 no. You don't understand. His name is Jehovah. No, 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 no. His name's not Jehovah. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none, none, none. N-O-N-E, none, none, none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning. It's Jesus in the evening. It's Jesus when the sun goes down. It's Jesus all the time. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Don't you be ashamed when somebody comes walking up to you and asks you these crazy Trinitarian questions. You look right back at them and you say, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. He's not Jehovah Junior. He's my Savior. He's my power. He's my revealer. He is everything I've ever needed. That's what Jesus is. Hallelujah. Got to protect it. Got to protect it. Just about the time you start having a move of God, some little old whippersnapper comes up and says, well, you know, you'd have a whole lot better revival if you'd just quit preaching that one God. Get off of it, you old buzzard. you old buzzard hallelujah when somebody comes walking up to you and tells you say, well it really doesn't matter if you baptize in Jesus name Father Son and Holy Ghost because if you baptize Father Son and Holy Ghost it really is the name of Jesus so it really doesn't matter you look at them right square in the face and you let them know that's fallacy the only way you get forgiveness and remission of sin is when you're baptized down under. Hold you under till you bubble, baby. I mean, get it all under the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 8, 16, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 48, 46, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 22 and 16, arise. Why tearest thou arise? Wash away thy sin, calling on the name of the Lord. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Jesus' name, baptism. Get away, you buzzard. Get away, you buzzard. 
Hallelujah. Now I can talk to you a little bit about Holy Ghost. I'm still on doctrine. Dear God. Some of you hadn't shouted much tonight, so maybe, maybe we can give you a chance. You are not saved by shaking a preacher's hand. You don't get the Holy Ghost by making a confession of faith. There ain't but one way to get the Holy Ghost. And that's evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gives utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get away from you, me, you old charismatic buzzard. I'm not learning how to talk in tongues. I'm not going to learn it by a course. I'm going to get it as a spirit. Get the utterance. Get out, buzzard. Get out, buzzard. Get out, buzzard. You know what I'm doing tonight? I'm not making it narrow. I'm making a protection for the revival that God's going to send us in this hour. Get away, buzzard. Get away, buzzard! I don't care what Charisma magazine says. They can fill their church up with whoremongers and queers and lesbians uh, and fornicators, uh, but God's going to fill His church up with those who love His name uh, and love His message uh, and are not ashamed uh, to protect the doctrine that God gave this end-time church. Get away, buzzard! I'm glad I'm apostolic. I said, I'm glad I'm apostolic. I'm glad I'm one God. I'm glad I'm Jesus' name. I'm glad I'm a tongue talker. Hallelujah. Please be seated. We are getting in an hour. where the buzzards of this age has tried to pick away our sacrifice. We get ready to make a stand on righteousness in this hour, and theologians will stand up and call us Pharisees, call us legalists. None of those terms apply, of course. They don't know enough about those terms to really make a correct call. I'm not a Pharisee because I don't preach one thing and live another. You see how I'm covered right now? My arms and my bridges, that's the way you're going to see me out on the ball court. What you see is what you get. I don't have to have 
immodest apparel to go swimming. I don't have to have immodest apparel to play ball. I don't have to have immodest apparel when it gets hot outside because I've got something more important than what people think about how I look. I've got a revival I'm protecting. Get away, you buzzard! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. She said, well, none of that stuff matters. Well, it may not matter to some folks because they don't have no altar to protect. They don't have a promise. They're just trying to build a building. They're just trying to build a large offering. They're just trying to have a large monument. But we're building a church, bless your heart. And don't you think for a moment that I'm going to stand back and let the old charismatics and the old liberals come around and pick away at my offering. I'm going to wave my towel and shoo the buzzards away. Stay away from my sacrifice. If you want dead church, go somewhere else. But as for me, I love living like this. Nobody makes me dress this way. Nobody makes me live this way. I do it because I want to. I dress this way because I want to. I'm holy because I want to be. Woo! Some of you need to get a revival spirit in your heart and get that old corrupt charismatic attitude off your shoulders. You know, if you're going to be educational minded, you got to put a video in your school and you got to put a video in your home, you know, at least by general conference tapes. I'm in trouble now. This is Robert Davis from Wheelersburg, Ohio, and I don't care who thinks what about this. But if you want to have a dead church and let the buzzards pick your old church apart, you go right ahead. But as for me and the church in Wheelersburg, and as for the people here in the Kansas district, we're tired of dead church. We're tired of ceremonies. We want to have a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. Get out of here, you buzzard. Get out of here, you buzzard spirit. television I don't need a video we don't need makeup we don't need beards and jewelry get out of here you buzzard hallelujah I'm fixing to get to be an elder here in just a few weeks. I'm going to turn 40 years old. 
So I believe I'm qualified to say a few things here. Any preacher that doesn't have the guts to preach against television and video ought to get out of the apostolic church and go join the charismatics. If you want what the assembly of God had, then do what they do. But I want what they had in the book of Acts. I want a book of Acts revival. I want the Holy Ghost to turn my city right side up. Well, glory. Sit down. All right, sit down, sit down. Just in case anybody thinks there's wildfire going on here tonight, I just set them down and it's in order. Now you can worship all you want. You know what we're doing? We're getting the buzzards off our holiness. We're not going to let the buzzards steal our sacrifice. I love this holiness message. I love this separated message. I love it. 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 If you don't love it, you need to learn to love it. You need to get it a part of your life. Fall in love with the truth. Fall in love with holiness. It's a beautiful thing. You know why we can shout like this? Because we haven't been entertained by television. We haven't been entertained by video. We haven't been programmed by a religious institution telling us how to have revival. Listen, you can't program revival. You just have it. You just protect it. And you wait for God to send it. And then you rejoice when it comes. I'm responsible for what I'm fixing to say, brethren, so if anybody gets in trouble, just throw it on me. But you can put Day of Pentecost all across your front. But if you have a dead service, you are lying. When you tell them you're going to have Pentecost Sunday, get out in the aisle and jump up and down and talk in tongues. Have the Holy Ghost fit. Don't be starchy like a Baptist. Don't be flushy like a charismatic. Be apostolic! Be apostolic! Woo! Hey, young people, your friends are not looking for a Baptist church or they'd go there. They're not looking for a Wesleyan church or they'd go there. When they come to an apostolic church, show them how to get with it. Show them how to do it. Show them how good God's been. Show them how the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray.
Praise God. Come on, let's praise God. Oh, let's praise God. on holiness I know I don't have to say it but just so you won't ever believe that everybody in Ohio is liberal they not no room for a slit I don't care how low it goes we don't need plunging necklines to see how much you don't have We don't need no tight-fitting pants for these boys. You don't need them long sideburns looking like some old country and western star. And you don't need them cut up here looking like a queer either. My God, I'm so tired. We're going to be here a while tonight. I'm so tired of going to some meetings where every musician looks like a queer and every woman looks like a whore. My God, get out of here, buzzard! Get out of here, buzzard! Get out of here, buzzard! Hallelujah. I hadn't seen anybody that looked like a queer yet. You better hope I don't find you. voice what you need to do is get behind the barn and scream till you get hoarse amen say well I can't help it the way I walk get you a pair of cowboy boots on Ride your horse for about three hours and learn how to walk like a man. I'd rather see you walk like a gorilla than like a queer. We ain't got no room for a queer spirit in the house of God. 
I don't care how good you sing. I don't care how good you play. I don't care how much money you have. There's no place in the apostolic church for a queer or anybody who looks like one. You know what I've heard? Anybody worried about time? You know, the longer we stay here, the longer you guys get to stay up. Say, well, well, Brother Davis, he's not a queer. You know what I heard one time? If you're out in the, out hunting, Brother Elder, and you don't know what that varmint is, and you find out that he walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, goes wherever ducks go, about 99% of the time you got a duck on your hand. If he walks like a queer, if he talks like a queer, if he wears clothes like queers wear, and his friends are all queer, you got a queer on your hands, Bubba. ACLU says. It's still the truth. I've got a sacrifice to protect. I've got a revival I've got to protect. Woo! All right, I heard you. I heard you out there. You're just picking on the boys. If she walks like a lesbian... If she talks like a lesbian. If she hates men like other lesbians do. Wake up, smell the coffee, you got a lesbian on your hand. Come on, I may be archaic, but I ain't dumb. Get off my sacrifice, you old devil. Get off this sacrifice, you old buzzard. Get off this old sacrifice, you old buzzard. You're not getting this revival. We're not giving it to queers. We're not giving it to lesbians. We're not giving it to harlots. We're not giving it to adulterous preachers. We're not going to do it. Come on, let's praise God.
I just ain't through. I know what some people say. He'd be so much more affluent. There's that old devil alarm going off again. Must be a wind blowing through here. Hallelujah. See, it'd be so much more palatable if we got a Davy to lead the choir and Dwayne to play the organ. I'd rather for somebody to pick Mary had a little lamb on that rolling piano, whatever it is. I'd rather for somebody to get up here and sing through their nose and couldn't carry a tune in the bucket. But they had a love for God and a love for God's truth. You said you don't mean that. I mean it with all my heart. I know what I'm talking about. We went three months with no music. And I'd rather have no music and have a move of God than to have some queer or an adulterer or a fornicator or a lesbian on that platform. I'm telling you, I live what I preach. Hallelujah. All right, be seated, be seated. Hallelujah. Don't worry about it when these britches start turning wet. I didn't wet my britches. These are this sweat stains, all right? Hallelujah. I'm gonna I'm gonna bear my heart out tonight if there ain't a dry thread on my body. Because you know what I found out? Young people don't want to be compromised with. They don't want to be soft-soaped. They love these men of God that get up and draw a straight line and tell them to get in or get out. Thank God for these good Kansas preachers that'll stand up and tell you how the cow eats the cabbage. That's what you young people want to hear, isn't it? That's what you want to hear. You want him to preach against cut hair on the ladies. You want him to preach against makeup. You want him to preach against immodest apparel for the men. Huh? Don't you want him to preach that? Yeah! So when he gets up on Sunday night and he starts taking a text, don't you let him struggle through that when some little carnal reprobate sits back here sitting on his wallet trying to intimidate the preacher. Come on, young people. Jump to your feet and say, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you. One of you preaches what I'm with. Yeah! That's why I love young people so much. You may be seated. Because for the first year or so, the biggest supporters I had was young people. They shouted when mom and dad didn't understand. Because they realized that mom and dad were their parents, but mom and dad wasn't their pastor. Go learn what that means. I'm going on. 
The third thing that we have to protect. Now, I know you're not going to shout too much on this one, but it's just as powerful. That is our witness. Why is it that we get intimidated by putting a track in our pocket? When the pervert can come around with lipstick on his old perverted mouth. Why is it that we get embarrassed? I told a Bible under our arm when, when some of the rest of them are toting books of Satan, drug paraphernalia, and pornography. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. Get away from my witness, you old buzzard. Everywhere I go, I'm telling them about Holy Ghost. I'm telling them about deliverance. I'm telling them about how good God is to our church. I'm telling them how good our pastor preaches. I'm telling them about how good God is. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Somebody stole my watch, so I don't know what time it is. And right now, I don't care either. <laughs> mm. There's such a hunger in this youth group right here. You love this message. You're going to go home to your town and your church and you're going to help them have revival. We're going to have revival. We're going to double our youth group this year. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to see God bring them in. We're going to get them out of the school system. We're going to get them out the streets. We're going to pull them off the skateboards. We're going to have revival in our youth group. Hallelujah. You may be seated. A couple of years ago, several men in our church found out that I had a desire to have a street meeting in the projects. They said, Pastor, we want to make sure it's in the summertime so we don't have to worry about bad weather. And we're going to Rent a sound stage. We're going to have them haul it down to Farley Square. You'd have to live in Salter County to know what Farley Square is. And uh, several murders there this, this year. No investigation. Domino's won't deliver pizza after dark. Policemen won't go there. They deal drugs, cocaine, prostitutes on the corner. Nobody does anything after dark as far as the law is concerned. Is that right, Brother Johnny? It is a, is a bad place. Pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to go down there about 630. We're going to have a street service. Someone said, aren't you afraid? What for? What for? We got to sing it. I, I, there's a lot that I could go into all of this, but let me tell you about our witness here. 
these guys got up there, and I'm going to tell you, our folks at home are kind of like you guys are around here tonight. They just don't give a rip about what anybody thinks. If they feel like rolling, bless your heart, they'll hit the ground and roll. If they feel like screaming and talking in tongues, it don't matter if they're on a street corner, they'll do it. Hallelujah. We put that sound system up there and we cranked it up as loud as we could go. Ah, and we started praising God and I started preaching the Word of God out of Hebrews 13 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I told them, I don't care how much cocaine you've consumed in the past, you can get deliverance tonight. I don't care how bad you have to have marijuana, you can get delivered tonight. And you know what, brother? I looked out there and three of my men hit that dirt and started rolling in the dirt. They started jumping and talking in tongues. And an old black lady walked up and got the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. All right, be seated. Man, our church works at the Lucasville prison where one of the men who lived there work. And he said, you know, right behind where that soundstage was, there was a basketball court. So that's where we've done all of our drug deals. He said, he told Domar, he says, it's been three weeks since you guys been back. He said, we just can't do any drugs there. He said, it feels too uh, churchy. We've got the message. We've got the message. We've got the message. We've got it. We've got it. We've got it. Don't you duck your head to an old cigarette-sucking charismatic. Don't you duck your head to a dope-smoking, pot-smoking pervert who claims to be a part of another church. We've got the message. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, tell it. Just tell it. Just tell it. When you go in the restaurants, tell it. When you walk the streets, tell it. Do you know why we haven't seen revival like we need to? It's because we're too ashamed to tell what we believe. Hey, the queer ain't ashamed. The lesbian's not ashamed. The politician's not ashamed. I challenge you, don't be ashamed of this message. Tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it. All right, be seated. Now this one may not get a lot of shout either. We're living in an hour where people, when you talk about praying, they consider praying something they do before they go to bed. You know, now lay me down to sleep with a bag of peanuts at my feet. If 
I should die for a wake, you know I died with a bellyache. They consider great praying when they pray over the food. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, who eats the fastest gets the most. But I'm telling you, the buzzards are eating our prayer away. Where were some of you young people before church tonight? Anything that's instant will leave a bad taste in your mouth. Ain't nothing like drinking a, a good old glass of brewed tea and you know it's had the right temperature. And there ain't nothing worse than somebody putting a couple of spoonfuls of that old instant tea in and give it and go, <coughs> you can't sweeten it, you can't make it taste good at all. It'd be better just to drink creek water. Or creek water, whatever you wish. And that's the way services are. You know the reason why some folks don't have any worship tonight is because the buzzards have ate all their prayer. You know why some churches don't have revival? Because the buzzards ate their prayer. Ate their prayer. You ought to be able to pray the glory down on Wednesday night Bible study. Thursday night Bible study. Every time you have church, you ought to heat that prayer room up red hot. You're not getting my prayer. You're not getting my prayer. You're not getting my prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right, sit down, sit down for a minute. You know what I told our church not too long ago? These people from Wheelersburg will vouch. So some of you men walking around here praying, you ain't praying, you're fellowshipping. Don't go around here saying, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You ain't praying. That ain't praying. What happened to that? Oh! Oh! What happened to the tears? What happened to the emotion? Buzzard, you're not getting my prayer. You're not getting my prayer. I know. There's some of you youngins in here tonight that say, I'm too young to pray that kind of prayer. No. If you're old enough to be in this camp tonight, you're old enough to know how to pray. Hallelujah. How long has it been since you prayed and you didn't look at the clock? How long has it been since you prayed until your eyes were swollen and your gut hurt? 
How long has it been since you prayed until the Lord spoke peace to your heart and put a promise in your soul? Come on! Apostolics, the devil's eating our prayer up! So why are you preaching that to young people? Because if I can get it in these young people. You can go home and Brother Dull and Sister Carnal looking down their long pointed nose saying, well, this, is just, this ain't going to last. If you learn how to pray, it'll last till Jesus comes. I'm hurrying. The last thing we've got to protect is apostolic worship. All right, be seated. Let me take a little time here. Catch your breath here because I feel like God wants to finish this thing off tonight and get the glory for it. My wife and I were sitting at a girl born not too long ago. There's a guy out there on the front. And they were worshiping God. He was going. And then I look, and here comes a lady right up beside me. She's going. And then I've even heard some churches getting praise dancers. What do they do? I call in Jesus. My call, is that what they do? I can imagine with some of the music they play now, turning good old gospel songs into whatever, you know, like Jesus loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it produces. What happened to a, ah! What happened with an apostolic dance? What happened to a leap for joy? What happened to good old tongue talking? What happened to apostolic worship? Buzzard, you're not getting my worship. You're not getting my praise. It may look archaic, but it's in the Bible. Oh, some of you youngins back here in the back, your tie ain't even messed up yet. Some of you girls ain't even broke a sweat. It's hot in here. The buzzards are circling over your head. When you come to youth camp, it's not a time to look pretty. It's a time to have victory. 
It's a time to have glory. Woo, hallelujah. You see somebody back there that ain't shouting and carrying on, you wave the buzzards off of them. You get the buzzards off of them. We're going to have revival. We're going to leave youth camp 97 with victory and joy and everybody realizing we've got a sacrifice to protect. I need the musicians to come. Come on. Devil, you're not getting my sacrifice. You're not getting my worship. You're not getting my praise. You're not getting my doctrine. You're not getting my witness. You're not getting my prayer. Hallelujah. Brother, go fight some buzzards. Go fight some buzzards. My God. Come on, you need to get this in your gizzard. When you go back home and the devil tries to eat your service apart, start getting the buzzards off the altar. Get the buzzards out of the church. Have church, have church, have church, have church, have church. Have church.